Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. It's a great study guide, great refresher if you've been out in practice for a while. Uh, Perfect for those going through pharmacology courses. Uh, Simply an email is going to get you access to that. Absolutely no cost other than that. Um, We just signed up for uh, when we have new podcast episodes available and uh, other new content. So uh, a couple examples on that. We've recently released a uh, pharmacology flashcard book. Uh, Also recently released a pharmacology crossword puzzle book. Uh, as well. So uh, those can both be be found on Amazon, Flippin' Pharmacology Flashcards, uh, and the uh, MedEd 101 uh, Pharmacology Crossword Puzzle Book. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is Lovastatin. Brand name of this medication is Mevacor, and this statin is not used very often. I see it occasionally, usually in patients who've been on it for a really, really long time. Um, but I definitely wanted to go over some clinical pearls uh, with this medication because uh, there are some important reasons why we generally uh, prefer rosuvastatin or atorvastatin, which are probably the most commonly used statins. Uh, so first and foremost, it being a statin, uh, it inhibits HMG-CoA reductase. So if you remember, that's an enzyme that plays a critical role in uh, basically the formation of cholesterol within the body. So by blocking that enzyme, uh, you ultimately uh, reduce the amount of uh, cholesterol in the body. And uh, primarily what we're looking at reducing uh, is LDL. Uh, Dosing of this medication is usually 20 to 80 milligrams. Uh, remember, we have low, moderate, and high-intensity statins. Uh, lovastatin does not meet that 50% threshold. It is not considered a high-intensity statin. So that's kind of one strike uh, against lovastatin compared to um, some of the other uh, higher-intensity statins like uh, rosuvastatin and atorvastatin. Uh, of the other statins, it does get a fairly high reduction with the highest dose. It's 40, uh, up to like 48%, high 40s, uh, as far as that LDL reduction, which is more than some of the other statins other than the, the two I mentioned before. Uh, indication for this medication, obviously we're going to lower that cholesterol. That's the primary indication. Uh, also ASCVD risk reduction through uh, reducing LDL. Uh, so spelling out those dosages a little bit more, or at least reiterating that point, uh, 20 milligrams, or I should say maybe under 40 milligrams is going to be considered low intensity. And 40 to 80 milligrams is going to be in that moderate intensity reduction of LDL stage. All right, let's get into drug uh, adverse effects. So first and foremost, the things that I see in practice and what patients are going to ask about is muscle pain. Um, It isn't uh, crazy common when you compare it to the uh, rates of placebo in clinical trials and things of that nature. Um, But there has historically been maybe uh, an over-reporting where you basically educate patients about the side effect and you know maybe they overreport that or exaggerate that effect, or maybe there's some mental component there. So there's definitely some evidence out there that may indicate that patients um, maybe report it a little bit more 
um, whether that be a, a placebo type uh, feeling, um, but it does definitely does happen uh, periodically. Uh, ultimately, if that myopathy muscle pain is severe enough, uh, there are rare instances where it can cause rhabdomyolysis and ultimately cause uh, renal failure. So that that is a risk. It, again, not incredibly common uh, with how frequently these statin drugs are used, like lovastatin. Um, but it does need to uh, uh, you need to pay attention to it for sure. Uh, rare reports of hepatic impairment. Um, cognitive impairment, that might be something you hear patients ask about. Um, there's conflicting evidence that, you know, maybe it can cause some mild impairment, and then other evidence has shown maybe not quite so much. Um, some of the evidence maybe says, you know, trending more towards lipophilic agents, and lovastatin is a lipophilic statin. Um, maybe there's a, a slightly higher risk. Uh, by and large, it's a very, very uh, small percentage, at least in my opinion, when it comes to that. Uh, if I had a patient come to me and saying, hey, they just started lovastatin and you know they noticed their husband, wife, loved one, whoever, they noticed a little bit of memory loss, memory issues, you know, that's probably a situation where I would maybe look at switching statins. So if they were on lovastatin, maybe switching them to a, a hydrophilic statin, um, maybe holding the dose for a short period of time, uh, maybe reducing the dose. So there's there's different options to pursue there if if it is felt that you know we're causing some um, cognitive issues with the medication. So um, it's not just a, a total all or nothing thing. Like nope, they should never be be on anything like this again. Um, obviously, it's unless it's a really, really severe case or something wacky, but um, certainly think about the options and, and what options we have, such as reducing the dose, changing the medication, and things of that nature. Uh, one other kind of controversial thing that I, I wanted to address as well um, was the slight risk for diabetes development. Uh, typically, um, in, in that association, this is another one where we've had maybe some conflicting data as to, you know, some studies saying, yes, it is a possibility and others saying not. Um, so in the ones that, that maybe did, it's probably higher dosages uh, and or um, using, you know, greater potency statins type of thing. Um, but if you think about it, using, you know, higher dosages and higher potency statins, these are probably going to be patients who've had a heart attack and, and that type of thing. And, you know, reducing the risk of that heart attack is probably going to outweigh any risk, any very, very small risk of uh, developing diabetes from these medications. But again, the jury's still kind of out and our, our data on this isn't great. Um, it's a lot of observational data, I believe. Um, so... Uh, with that said, it's not something that I, I consider too highly, but it definitely is something um, good that you'll probably have to address with patients um, because you certainly will see that reported um, yeah, online and things of, of that nature. All right. Um, other adverse effects, uh, you know, there's a laundry list listed in the package insert, you know, 
rash, headache, things of that nature. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that. Again, not not incredibly common, but you know, use your common sense there. If it's medication started and we're seeing you know new signs and symptoms of something, uh, obviously you know we've got to make sure we rule out the medication. Uh, one interesting thing that came along in 2021. Uh, was the FDA actually removed the contraindication in pregnancy from the statin class in in general. So uh, I would say in pregnancy, we're generally going to avoid statins. Um, It is not contraindicated. So in rare cases, if there was a risk-benefit analysis done and the patient was uh, at incredibly high risk for cholesterol issues, um, then there could be a risk-benefit discussion there uh, about whether to use statins in a, in a certain pregnant patient or not. Uh, by and large, it's uh, going to be avoided uh, in pregnancy there. Pharmacokinetics, uh, it is a lipophilic statin. So what this usually means in practice is if you uh, utilize a lipophilic statin first, let's say, for lowering cholesterol, and patient doesn't tolerate it for whatever reason, um, the most common thing is to switch to a hydrophilic statin. So usually the most commonly used are, you know, a torvastatin is a lipophilic statin, and then uh, rosuvastatin is a high-intensity hydrophilic statin. And again, lovastatin is a uh, lipophilic in that uh, classification with a torvastatin. Other things from a kinetic standpoint, uh, lovastatin is a very short half-life. Um, I actually struggled to find the exact half-life on this. Uh, I saw varying reports uh, from 1.1 to 3 hours as far as the half-life of lovastatin. Uh, in general, the practicality of this, what this means in practice, is if you've got a shorter light half-life statin, Uh, it's generally better to dose that. It's going to be more effective to dose that medication at night. So that's what you're going to see with lovastatin um, and that type of thing. Uh, CYP3A4, I'll talk about that with drug interactions, but it is uh, broken down by CYP3A4. And interestingly, absorption is altered by food, and absorption actually goes up when we give lovastatin with food. So that is generally recommended there. And then quickly monitoring parameters, obviously, you know, LDL, lipid panel, we're gonna follow that. Um, So LFTs and CPK uh, are not routinely recommended. Um, Both are kinda gonna be as clinically indicated. So LFTs, if you have a patient with signs and symptoms of liver toxicity, uh, you know, that's a situation where obviously we're going to look at that and then potentially look at the statin as a contributing factor. Again, extremely rare that uh, statins cause hepatic issues, but there have been uh, certainly case reports. And then CPK, same thing. Uh, it's a good exam question frequently. I've seen uh, throughout my career uh, in pharmacology uh, classes as well as final exams, uh, board exams, Uh, So CPK is the marker that we may look at if we see that muscle pain, um, and that may be indicative of uh, rhabdomyolysis. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. 
If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study materials like BCPS, ambulatory care, BCMTMS, geriatrics, or the NAPLEX exam, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources there. Uh, If you're looking for a gift for a pharmacy student, medical student, nursing student, um, release of two new things on Amazon, Flippin' Pharmacology Flashcards and the uh, MedEd 101 Pharmacology Crossword Puzzle Book. Uh, Two great resources, both are on Amazon there. Um, that can definitely uh, help prepare pharmacology students uh, for passing exams as well as uh, board exams when they're trying to become a licensed healthcare professional. So uh, go check out those resources and support the sponsor. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions, uh, we've got CYP3A4 interactions. So um, any type of CYP3A4 inhibitor, uh, clarithromycin, erythromycin, Uh, azole antifungals, uh, protease inhibitors used in HIV. Um, These can all increase concentrations of lovastatin, make it more and more likely that we uh, run into myopathy or abdomyolysis risk and things of of that nature. So CYP3A4 inhibitors increase concentrations. Uh, CYP3A4 inducers, uh, rifampin, St. John's wort, uh, they can certainly lower concentrations of lovastatin. And then on the uh, kind of direct insult, increase uh, myopathy risk, uh, niacin, fibrates, uh, those are all uh, older agents that have been used for cholesterol management. Uh, they can potentially have an additive effect uh, and increase, uh, further increase the risk for myopathy, muscle pain, uh, and potentially rhabdomyolysis as well. So uh, those are the the big interactions uh, with lovastatin, and I think that's going to wrap up the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Uh, Please leave a rating and review on Amazon uh, or wherever you're listening. I greatly appreciate that. Also, if you want to reach out to me, you can do that at mededucation101 at gmail.com. Or you can track me down, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP on LinkedIn. Uh, If you want to support the sponsor, I greatly appreciate that. You can find all those links in the show notes as well as on meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day.